Good morning. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to see each one of you here in the house of the Lord again. And I really appreciate the worship team and all this AV. They have been working very hard the past two nights. And some of them were in the musical and they are up here again. I'm really touched even by their commitment and by their dedication even to serve the Lord. And I can tell you that it's all worth it. Amen? It's all worth it for praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a big hand for the 15 souls that were saved. I tell you, it is really, really exciting, you know. And you can never know that kind of excitement of a soul saved. Unless you have somebody whom you have brought and the person accepted the Lord. I tell you, that's the joy that you will never realize anywhere else. I was just worshipping the Lord and Kathy, you know, here's Kathy, and she was so excited. You know, before I, got, I could sit down, she just grabbed my hand and said, Praise God, Pastor! In this musical, two of my nieces, uh, sorry, two of my nephews and a niece got saved. Hallelujah! Two of them came down to the altar on Friday night and one of them got saved outside. Nobody can miss, you know, even outside. Our people are watching out and just wanting to share the good news. Three souls, three of our family members got saved. I tell you, that is the most exciting thing if it happens to your family. I tell you, you will know that kind of a joy. It means so, so much, you know. You know and uh, praise the Lord for all those people who have prayed, for all those people who have uh, really worked hard in this area. Come on, let's give the Lord and uh, a big hand. Praise God. And we continue to look forward even to many more souls that's going to be saved even throughout this month. Praise God. <clears throat> How many of you were here for our musical on the Friday or Saturday? Can I see your hands? Wow, that was an amazing musical, isn't it? Amen. The even as I minister the word of the Lord, the presence of the Lord was so, so very real. I could feel even the presence of God and even in some of the uh, 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 points in the, in the musical, I know that God is touching many, many lives even through it. So we rejoice together and uh, we want to congratulate and appreciate all the members, uh, cast members and the crew even of the greatest story ever told as a church. Come on, let's give them all a big, big hand. Praise God. Praise God. It's not easy. They face so, so many challenges even right up to the final week. All right, they have faced so many change, uh, challenges, but praise God, we managed to pull it through and by the grace of God. And it's so, so heartwarming to see so many young people up here and even the kids, you know, that were up here and uh, that, that really touches our heart. God can use anybody. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And the story, the greatest story ever told was uh, about the story of Joseph. The story of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, of course, but from the perspective of Joseph. And you have seen many perspectives that was kind of new to you. And some of you may want, is that in the Bible? Yeah, right? And uh, now, of course, of course, the beginning part, we are not sure. All right? what, what, how, how the life of, of Joseph was, was, you know, how it was like, you know, growing up and all that. But the final part, of course, the important part 
it was exact and it is according to the scripture as recorded for us. Now, I'm sure that during this Christmas season, you would have received a lot of Christmas cards. Many of them will say, Blessed Christmas and Happy New Year. And some of them will include the, year, the, the words, May all your Christmas dreams come true. That's why I like to talk about this morning. Christmas dreams. Christmas dreams. My text is basically taken from the book of Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2. Now Luke gave a record of the birth of Jesus Christ. But Luke gave a record of that birth from the perspective of Mary. And so you find that Luke is the only one who recorded the birth of Jesus Christ from the perspective of Mary, and it was quite a lengthy record. Luke tells us about even the visit of Mary to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Luke recorded for us the birth of John the Baptist. Luke is the only one who recorded for us the Magnificat, the praiseful solo song of Mary, and a lot of other things. But basically, it was from the perspective of Mary. Mark, he doesn't bother at all. He doesn't even give us a record of the birth of Jesus Christ. He just glossed over it and started off, even with John the Baptist, the baptism of John the Baptist. John, he does not give us a record of the birth of Jesus Christ. In a way, he did because he takes us back to the beginning. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. But Matthew is different. He gave us a record of the birth of Jesus Christ from the perspective of Joseph. And so he started off with a genealogy, a long list of gene genealogy, which is very, very important for the Jews in order to certify that the Messiah must come from the line of David. And so he gave us, the, started off with a long list of genealogy, and then Joseph's name first appeared in Matthew chapter 1, verse 16. And strangely enough, even that language changes from that genealogy. So and so begets so and so, so and so begets so and so, or so and so is the father of so and so. But in verse 16, when it came to Jacob, who is the father of Joseph, and you would have expected Joseph, who is the father of Jesus, to continue on. But you stop there. He says, and Joseph, the husband of Mary. Who begat or who gave birth to? The Lord Jesus Christ. And then, after that, there is a record of Joseph. The name Joseph appears only in Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2. And after that, he disappears from the scene already. 
That's why around Christmas time, many people think that Joseph is a forgotten, forgotten person. But he's not really forgotten. He's, he's, a, he's more of the silent person. It is strange that throughout the record on Joseph, there was not even one word that he spoke. Can you just imagine? Not even one quote about what he said. What kind of a dad is that? It is so undead, isn't it? Not to speak even a single word. Not even to say, how can that be, O Lord? Not even, why must this happen to me, O God? Nothing. He was just silent all the way. But brothers and sisters, Joseph is a very, very important part of God's plan. As I say, my text is taken from Matthew, but we are not read this passage of Scripture. I will refer to it in a short while. But Joseph is a man of many dreams. Dream. He was introduced to us as a man who dreamed. What is dream? The Bible has a lot to say about dreams. In fact, the word dream appears about 250 times in the Bible. That's a lot of times. 250 times. Many of these are found in the Old Testament. And the word dream in the Old Testament comes from the Hebrew word kalon. Kalon. It means to be healthy, to be strong. In other words, when you dream, you're not supposed to have nightmare that weaken you and God that cause you to be frightened. Your dreams is supposed to what? Make you healthy and make you strong. That's what dreams is supposed to be. And God many times communicate with His people through dreams. Why does He do that? For two basic reasons. Number one, to warn us of things to come. Danger, judgment, or whatever. It is a warning from God. And He warns even through dreams. Second reason why God gave us dreams or why God communicates through dreams is so that He can provide guidance and direction to His people. Many times God provided that in the Old Testament. He appeared to people in dreams so that they would know exactly what to do. So it is a warning and it is also guidance and direction for us. Does God still speak to us in dreams today? I believe that He does, but that's not the only way that God speaks to us. And those of us who have had dreams, all right, you have, you know, and, and you depend on dreams for direction and guidance, you have to be careful in how you interpret dreams. It must be interpreted according to the scripture. If you have a dream to become a bank robber or, a, or an adulterer, I tell you that dream is definitely not from God. Why? Because when you check the scriptures, the scriptures does not tell us at all even to do that. So it must line up with the word of God. Now in today's world, of course, we, 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 we have more than just dreams to depend on in our life. Now we have the Holy Spirit. Now we have the full word of God. And all these God can use if God can use even a donkey 
to communicate his will. He can use anything. But we know that dreams is one of the things that God used even to communicate his will even to mankind. And when I talk about dreams here, there are two kinds of dreams. There is the waking dreams and there is the night dreams. Dreams, waking dreams is, no, uh, night dreams is of course what you dream at night, uh, all right? And uh, some of those dreams may be from God, some it may be because of a late night supper that is too heavy, all right? And it causes you disturbance and you, you dream all kinds of things. And many times we dream dreams and then we wake up, we can't even for, remember what we dream of. Those are the normal kind of, of dreams that uh, we do not need to pay much attention to. But sometimes God gives us dreams and when you wake up, it is almost as real as life itself. And you know that it is from God. It is God directing you in certain ways. And that's the dream that many times, uh, that appears to Joseph many times. But that's not the only one that we are referring to. We are referring to also the waking dreams. The dreams that you have for your life. And many times the night dreams can be a reflection also of the waking dreams because that is exactly what God is doing in your life. It may be something that will just give you the drive, the motiva motivation in life. What is your dream? Martin Luther says, I have a dream. I have a dream that my four children will grow up to live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Oh, what a powerful dream that was in a segregated and very racist nation at that time in the 1960s. And he lived out that dream. He gave his life for that dream. When we were young, we were always asked a question. In school, you have to write an essay, isn't it? What is your dream in life? Or what are your ambitions? What did you write? You still remember or not? Yeah. What did you write? Many of us, you write, oh, I dream to be a millionaire or to marry a millionaire. I dream to be a famous actor. I dream to be the prime minister of the country. A doctor, a lawyer. A famous superstar. Whether it be in sports or in singing or in, in, in some fields in life. We have all kinds of dreams. And some of these dreams, when we grow up, we discover these are a little bit far-fetched. And we alter and change our dream. But let me tell you that those dreams are important. And so, that's what dreams are all about. And, 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 and the Bible has a lot, a lot to say about it. You know, you just check and Google, you know, dreams and which other passages. There are so many passages of scriptures where God used dreams to communicate and to fulfill His plan in our life. First of all, let's look at this passage again. The dream chaser. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this manner. When, Jesus, when His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Joseph, before they came together. Joseph, before... Mary was found to be pregnant. 
he was a young man filled with dreams. Filled with dreams. He had dreams like all the other young men. And remember, you remember the song that Joseph sang even when he was just a little kid, even in a musical? He had many dreams. And the song that he sang is a million dreams are keeping me awake. A million dreams we are gonna make for the world. A million dreams. Joseph had a million dreams and he dreams of, of being, uh, of, of being a, a special vessel of God. Just like many of us may have dreams. We are chasing after the dreams until something happens. Perhaps you have dreams of a great life. You have dreams of a marriage. You have dreams of setting up a family, a business, or going to a special college. Then something happened. And in the case of Joseph, Mary got pregnant. That shattered his dream. That shattered all his dreams. One blow, one announcement. His world just collapsed. And we will discover in life that not everything will go according to our dreams. There will be many hindrances in life that will cause our dreams to just collapse. We have been chasing and chasing after dreams and then something happened, bang. Our world collapsed, our dreams shattered. Many people, the oldest, the older, our older one, most of, in fact, all of us may not remember it. But in the 20s, it was great days to live in the 1920s. That's almost a century already. Oh, so fast. But the 1920s were known as the Roaring 20s. I mean, the economy was booming like anything. And in America, everybody was living up their dreams. It was a fantastic time. The stock market was just shooting up. Dow Jones was just shooting up crazy like anything. Although some who feared that it was just speculation, but within six years, the stock market had risen fivefold. And everybody thought that this is life. But then came... 1929, the famous or infamous Black Thursday, when the stock market crashed, suddenly everybody was taken by surprise. Nobody expected it. That Black Thursday, the stock market crashed and overnight, many of them saw their dream disappeared. And after that, life is not just living your dream, but life is just trying to survive. And America went through the next 12 years of depression. It was a terrible time. And perhaps that is familiar to us. Maybe not to the same extent. Our dream to have a happy marriage. Then suddenly you discover your fiancé is pregnant. Just like Joseph discovered. His world collapsed. 
You were dreaming of having a happy family. And then you discover that your spouse cannot bear children, cannot produce children. You were dreaming of setting up your own business, running your own business. Then you discover you cannot even get funding for it. And now you are unemployed. You dream of earning the doctoral degree, going to the prestigious college, but you couldn't afford it. And then an accident happened, caused you to be crippled for life. Anything can happen that shattered your dreams. What do you do when your dreams are shattered? Friends, many times, God does not give up on us. God does not give up on us. God many times, like in the case of Joseph, can alter that dream or even enlarge it in the way that he sees fit. So there are the dream chasers and many of them face shattered dreams, but they do not give up. But God is also looking not just for the dream chasers, but the dream keeper. Who are the dream keeper? A dream keeper is someone who has a vision or dream about God's plan and then seeks to carry it out. Joseph was shattered in his life. But he turned from a dream chaser to become a dream keeper. When he discovered God's plan, when he discovered not his own dream anymore, but God's dream. There are four dreams that Joseph had. And strangely enough, you find that when God wants to communicate with Joseph, it is always in a dream. There's no man in the New Testament that dreams more than this Joseph. Now, of course, in the Old Testament, there's another Joseph. He's also a dreamer. He has this title called the dreamer, although it was used in a very derogatory sense. But that is Joseph, the son of Jacob. But this one here is Joseph, the son of David. To show that he's from the line of David. And he's a dreamer. And in a dream, God reveals to him what is to take place, what he is supposed to do, the plan of God. And from then on, he became a dream keeper to pursue after the plan of God that has been revealed to him. Four times he dreamt. The first dream in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a what? In a dream. Now in a sense, people like Mary, Zechariah, Elizabeth, the Magi, and all these people are more privileged than Joseph. They had angelic appearances. They saw angels, they heard from angels. Even the shepherds were more privileged. Joseph, all he had was just a dream. 
And for some of us, if all that God does to you is just appear to you in dream, how much confidence can you put in your dream? We may ask ourselves. But that's all that Joseph had to go by. Dreams. And it's amazing that he put so much faith in the dreams that he had. Because like I say, although it was a night dream, but it is as real as a waking dream. And so God appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife. That is the dream of understanding because he was confused and he was about to put away, put aside, divorce Mary. But then he suddenly understood God's plan. Okay. Mary, my fiancé, my beloved did not have an affair. The child in her is from the Holy Spirit. And in that dream, again, you know what we say? One of the main purposes of dream is to provide direction. Here is the direction, so very clear. Take Mary as your wife. Call the child the name of Jesus. Clear direction. Take Mary as your wife. And that's what he did. Then the second dream is a dream of protection. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 to verse 15. Again, the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. In a dream again. And this time for protection. He says, rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt. Because Herod was about to kill all the children below two years of age. And God appeared to protect the child. And again, in a dream. And the function of that dream is again to provide direction and guidance. Rise, take the child, flee to Egypt, remain there. Very clear. The third dream that he had is a dream of returning. Return. It's time to return. When Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord again appeared in a dream. In a dream. Again, there is direction. Rise, take the child and his mother. Interesting. He says, rise, take the child and his mother. The angel did not say, rise, take your child. Because, as I've explained in the musical, Joseph was not the biological father. And Matthew wants to make that very, very clear. We cannot gloss over it. it is, the child Jesus is always referred, uh, 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 or rather, is always addressed as the child and his mother that is Mary, not your child. In any case, he says, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. It's time to return. The dream of returning. And the final time, it's a dream of warning and fulfillment. Verse 22 onwards, he was warned in a dream, again in a dream, and he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went to live in the city of Nazareth to fulfill the scripture. Four times, God appeared to Joseph and every time, he's in a dream. 
And in this case here, Joseph was a dream keeper. Knowing the will of God and just following the will of God. To keep even God's dream alive for himself and for his family. Friends, there are many things that will try to destroy our dreams and God's plan for our lives. And it is not easy. For example, in what we have just said in the third dream, go, return. <coughs> go to the land of Israel. I mean, it's just a simple one verse kind of thing, but you know how difficult it is? I mean, Mary and Joseph has been in Egypt. And there, they have settled down for a while. We do not know what they were doing, how they sustained themselves. Of course, Joseph was a carpenter. He could do some carpentry and survive. But now, he suddenly have to uproot everything and go back to Israel. Every move when you have a family is very difficult. It is even more difficult when there are enemies trying to kill you. And so we can just imagine. But Joseph was a dream keeper. He will keep the dream alive. He will follow after what he knows God has revealed as his plan for their lives. And friends, that's what will keep us as the dream keepers. You know what God's plan is. The enemies will try to hinder and pull you down and prevent you from following the dreams of God. But don't you allow him to do that. We have a dream. You have a dream. Be the dream keeper. Once God has sealed that dream in your heart, keep following after him no matter what the cost is. Somebody say amen. DreamWorks. DreamWorks is not just a movie company. Huh? But actually, dream really works. And how does it work? Sometimes we think, oh, it's all about dream, dream, dream. All I have to do is dream, dream, dream. Now, you have to work at your dream as well. In the four dreams that Joseph had, you know his immediate reaction to all these four dreams? Joseph is a man of no words. Not few words, but no words, as I say. None recorded in the Bible. Not a single word that he uttered. But whenever the Bible mentions about him, it is his action that speaks more. Some of us, we can talk a lot, but no action. Right or not? But Joseph, no word, but his life is full of action. And I think, that's what our life should be, to walk the talk, rather than just to talk the walk. So Jesus, Joseph listened and he obeyed. The first instance, Joseph woke from his sleep. Hey, we have to wake up from the sleep. That's where dreams begin. Many of us can just dream dreams, but we are still sleeping. But the moment that Joseph woke up from sleep in Matthew chapter 1, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did. That's how dream works. You have to put it into action. 
And for Joseph, it meant taking Mary as his wife with all the shame and the ridicule. He has a price to pay for it. But he did it anyhow. A man of courage. In the second instance, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 14, and he rose and took the child and his mother, fled to Egypt. Again, the moment he woke up from the sleep, no debating about it. Is this from God? Is this not from God? He knew it in his heart. This is what he must do. He rose up immediately to the child and they fled to Egypt. Otherwise, they would have been killed. They would have been killed by Herod. It was a life and death situation. And he knew it. Verse 21, chapter 2. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. Again, he woke out the dream. No question about it. Although it's going to be a long, difficult journey, although he does not know what lies ahead of him. And yet he did it. Again, he just rose up and took the child. And verse 22 and 23 of chapter 2. One in the dream, he withdrew to the district. He took heed of the warning and he obeyed. You see, Joseph is a man who learns to listen to God and he obeyed every single word of instruction that he has received from God through a dream. That's what makes dreams work. As John Maxwell says, dreams don't work unless you do. We have great dreams, lofty dreams. And we say, God, I leave it in your hands. God says, you are the one to live out that dreams. And dreams will not work unless we do. Are you willing to work at the dreams that God has placed even within your heart? Don't let it die. Whatever the dreams may be, whether you're young or whether you're old, there is a dream that God has for each and every one of us. Our God is a dream giver. He is a dream giver. That's why He continues to communicate even through dreams. That's why when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He says, your young man shall see visions. Your old man shall dream dreams. Dreams. Even in the era of the Holy Spirit, Dreams will be relevant. God is a dream giver. There are many dreams that are God-given and Holy Spirit inspired. Look at what Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says. For I know the plans I have for you. I know the dreams I have for you. Declares the Lord. Dreams to prosper you and not to harm you. Dreams to give you hope and a future. In the New King James Version, the word that's used is, for I know the thoughts I have for you. Not plans, not dreams, but thoughts. You see, God is thinking about us. He's thinking about us all the time. I know the thoughts I have for you. And He says here, the thoughts to prosper you. In other words, it's a continuous thought. 
People of God, children of God, know that God has been thinking about you all the time, all the time. He's in a continuous stance. I know the thoughts I have for you and I'm still thinking about you. God has dreams over His children. I'm sure parents here, you have dreams for your children, right? That one day they will grow up to be somebody. God says, I have dreams, I have thoughts of you to bless you and to give you a future. God is a dream giver. He continues to grant us dreams in life. To grant us a hope and a future. To bless us and to prosper each and every one of us. So from the passage, from God's dealing with Joseph, we are clear that God does give dreams. He gives dreams. And when He gives dreams, it means that He will do something to make it happen. I have a dream. God laid in my heart so many years ago. And I know it will happen. The timetable is up to God. But it's a dream, a God-given dream for more than 40 years already. Beginning to see it come to pass. Now I'm 62 and wonder, God, when? Huh? Not young anymore, you know. Now, yeah, start, now like, in case some of you are thinking, it is, it is everything to do, is a spiritual dream, all right? Don't, don't, don't think of other things, all right? Some of you are already looking at me, one kind of look. It's a spiritual, totally spiritual dream. And I'm just waiting upon the Lord. It shall come to pass. God, lay that dreams in your heart. Don't let it die. God uses ordinary people. Joseph, what is there in Joseph? All we can say is he's a righteous man and, he's a, and has a very obedient heart. That's all. God, you can use each one of you to make a difference in life. He has a plan. He has a dream for you. He wants to use you. So rise up. Rise up and capture the dream of God. God honors those who listen and obey. If there's any words that would come out of Joseph's mouth that characterizes his life, it would be this. I obey. And that says everything. What about your life? Sometimes God speaks to us so many times through His Word, through the preaching, through encounter with Him, through prayer, and yet we doubt. Joseph, yes sir. That's all he says. I will do it. I will do it. How difficult, how painful, how much I do not understand. It does not matter. I'll do it. I obey. Let's learn to listen and obey.
And the more that we do that, the deeper we get into God and the more revelation of His purpose and His will and His dreams for our life, He will reveal. And God will guide His people. He will surely guide His people. Look at the amazing guidance that Joseph had. Every step of the way, not just over the pregnancy of Mary, but even in the protection of the child, the taking care of the child. Joseph wouldn't know how to do it. But God guided him every step of the way. And we may, you may not realize it, but God wants to guide your life, lead your life, direct your life. If you will just surrender your role to Him. Sometimes you may not see. So obviously, He's leading and His guidance. And you wonder, God, where are you? God says, my thoughts is always on you. You have never, never been absent from my thinking. Don't you ever think that I have forgotten you? For my thoughts are on you. To bless you, to prosper you. And God's dreams are bigger than life. It's not just about Joseph. It's about the Messiah, the salvation of the world. And then even for Joseph, the dreamer in the Old Testament, the son of Jacob, it's not about Joseph. It's about the whole land of Egypt and the entire world that was undergoing famine at that time. God's dreams is always bigger than your own personal life. Friends, what is that dream that God has placed in your heart? God has given us a dream as a church to really love God and to touch lives. God has given us a dream even to touch 5,000 people in our services. Dreams to touch a community to reach nations. Dreams to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we do what we do. The only thing that really matters is the salvation of souls this Christmas. And not just this Christmas, but throughout. This is what God has called us to be and to do. It's always bigger than just God bless me. Well and fine, God will bless you. God will use you. God, you. God will raise many of you up in life, in community. God will bless you with abundance. Financial, material. But remember that God's blessings and God's dreams are always bigger than yourself. Release yourself to be used by God. So God's give is the language of dreams. The language of dreams. God has given you a gift that can be unlocked and used each and every day, not just in the night season when you dream. As somebody says, the best dreams happen when you are awake. What is that dream in your heart? Are there unfulfilled dreams in your life? Broken dreams? Or you bring them before the Lord? He can alter, change, redirect. Or He may tell you, let those dreams die. Let me give you a new dream. According to my plan and purposes. And may all 
your dreams come true. And so brothers and sisters, for this Christmas and beyond Christmas, dream. When you are a dream chaser, it's okay to be a dream chaser. But you'll find that many times your dreams will not come to pass. Your dreams are shattered, broken. Surrender those dreams unto the Lord. He can remake, reuse you. When God reveals His plan for your life, be a dream keeper. Pursue after it. No matter what the cause is. And in order for the dreams to work, you have to wake up. You have to rise up. You have to do your part. Listen and obey God. And finally capture that dream from God. He has a dream for your life, a plan. Maybe some of us need that fresh dream from God. Whether you are young or old, He will do it. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shall we all pray? Thank you for watching. Subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on anything new and stay connected with us on our social media. 